Hello, and thank you again for joining us on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, where we're covering all the issues that you need to know about in shaping the Palmetto State from a biblical worldview. I'm joined today by School Ministries founder, Ken Bravik. Thank you for joining us today on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Well, I don't know I can claim the the founder. It went for a couple years before me, okay. but I can at least say the uh, School Ministries has been around 35 years, and I've been wow. the the national director for 20 of the 35, so I have more time in than my predecessors at least. Wow. That w- would be a fair way. So you've been doing it for a while, you've seen a lot of things, and, and one of the things that we talk about consistently, in fact, if you're a repeat offender or somebody that watches the podcast often, you know that we talk about things that are happening in our mm-hmm. culture, the things that are happening in our schools. You know, when the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir, they t- somewhat tongue-in-cheek sing a song, we're, we're coming for your children, we're going to indoctrinate your children. We're finding pornography in county and even school libraries as young as, as uh, middle school. When we learn that universities are working on therapy for children, uh, conversion therapy, whether it's chemical or or surgical, as young as four years old. We talk a lot about these problems and problems and problems, and I don't know about you, but I can sometimes get stuck in the muck there and the mire of that and just the weightiness of, 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 let's just call it what it is, sin. But what I love about school ministries and what you've done for the last 20 plus years is providing solutions for some of these problems that we're seeing. Tell us a little bit more about what School Ministries is and how y'all are providing solutions to the problems that we're facing societally. Yeah, so great question. So School Ministries uses a thing called the release time logs. And so release time has been going on since 1914. It was started in Gary, Indiana. And of course, the only two things I know about Gary, Indiana, it's where the Music Man supposedly happened and uh, release time started. How about that? Very good. So it uh, started in 1914 uh, by a school superintendent named William Wirt. Okay. So public schools for a long time, first it was the first way the Bible was the only book that most families had. Right. So it was used to teach kids how to read. Mm And so the Bible was a big part of, of public education for, for a good chunk of the founding of the country and even into the 1800s. Even once we get the readers like the Noah Webster reader right. and stuff, they're loaded with Bible verses. Right. So there was always a Bible class in the school. Mm-hmm. But about you know the late 1800s, there was questions. And interesting enough, I don't know if pastors would, would reverse <laughs> themselves now. But it was both pastors and school officials saying, should public school teachers teach the Bible to mm-hmm. the students? The pastors were thinking, do they have enough biblical knowledge to do that? And Makes of course, sense. you know, taxpayer dollars, separation right, churches, right. state was starting to become a thing. So, so Dr. Wirt said, well, why don't we release kids during the school mm-hmm. day where they can go off-site and take a class in biblical instruction? Makes sense. And uh, we're going to get to this a little bit later, but actually the, the initial class was for high school students, wow. which disappears, and, and we're in the process of mm-hmm. bringing that back. So the kids are allowed to have religious instruction and take what's both a class where you can actually present the gospel but you're also making it a, a real academic class. Mm-hmm. So this has been going on now for over 100 years. Um, in the 1950s, a very famous case, Zorak v. Clausen, yes, basically said, okay, here, here's the standard. 
if you're going to do this, this is the legal way to do it. And there's three requirements. One is it has to be off-site. It can't be on the school grounds. Okay. There's a little asterisk there, which maybe we'll talk about. But but in general, it has to be off-site. Cannot use any taxpayer dollars. Okay. And we have to have the parental permission, meaning the parent has to sign the child up, which is a key element that, that I actually I find really helpful. Right. So those are the three three reasons some schools um, out in the Midwest will rent classrooms out during the school day to secular organizations. The little asterisks on offsite is uh, there's a thing called the equal access laws. Yes. And if you do it for a secular or organization, mm -hmm. you can't not do it just because a group's religious. Okay. So whatever the going rate that secular organization would pay, as long as we're paying whatever the going rate is, mm -hmm. that's the little asterisks. But 99 times out of 100, we have to be offside. Right, right. That makes sense. So there, you you brought up something very interesting, and and I don't know that too many of our listeners and viewers talk about this, and and we've talked extensively about what the separation of church and state is, mm -hmm. going all the way back to Danbury Baptist and Thomas Jefferson and mm -hmm. 1801 and all of that. But we know, and those watching know, that the separation of church and state has been weaponized. Yep. Over the last seventy years. Generally, uh, around the time of uh, a very particular case that the Supreme Court rules on in 1947 in Everson versus uh, Board, what would you say to those who look at release time or school ministries and say, this flies in the face of what at least they know of separation of church and state. How do you answer those questions? Yeah, I would say it's almost the reverse. Yeah. I, I think it shows the way it was intended. So, so I was asked by um, a school diversity officer um, some years back and about, about release time and about the separation of church and state. And I, I said, well, let me ask you two questions. Mm -hmm. And I said, the first question is, I, I will pick on my own race and gender. I said, if a school only employed white males mm -hmm. as their staff and teachers. Would you see that as diversity or you know non-diversity? Right, right. And then she said, of course, we, we would think, at least on the surface, that, that that would have a problem with diversity right. in that school. And I said, okay, do you, second question, do you think atheism is a legitimate position someone can take that should be protected by the Constitution? Mm -hmm. And she said, of course. Mm -hmm. I said, okay then, the very thing that separation of church and state is supposed to do is not establish religion. Right. That is exactly what we're doing in schools. Absolutely. Because the only okay position to take is the absence mm -hmm. of God. And so, so I think what, what school ministries does through its programs is give schools a way to truly do separation of church and state where they are not establishing the religious position for their students yeah. because they're saying well wait a second so i mean the, the release time laws allow any religion can mm -hmm. do this and we see like in new york city there there's jewish muslim right. release time um, out in utah there's uh, mormon mm -hmm. release time and so it's essentially a level playing field and it allows parents to make those selections so we get you know well what happens if the Wiccas want to come in, mm -hmm. or um, as we're found out in Johnson City, Tennessee, and now in California, their satanic temple right. wants to do Johnson's Eastern Tennessee. That's yeah. kind of crazy. 
but wants to do release time. Yeah. And our position, the letters I wrote to the school board is let them do it. Because right. my question is, if that's what they're going to teach, right. how many parents are going to want to get their kids educated in what Beelzebub wants right. them to do? Yeah. It, and, and you and I have talked about this in the past in the, the marketplace of ideas and how Christians can go on the offense and still not be offensive. Yes. Uh, and I love the way you reframed that whole narrative to help that school official understand, hey, you're promoting one thing while not even knowing that you're doing it. So you went on offense without being offensive. And, and we've talked about how we believe in the integrity of the gospel Absolutely. To, in the, at, within the marketplace of ideas. So I believe the guy, in, and I think most of the people, and, and I don't want to get too preachy for those of you that know my background, <laughs> um, I, I believe that the gospel will hold the test of time in the marketplace of ideas. Oh, I couldn't agree more. So, so when Wicca or Mormonism or you know, uh, Satanism join the mix in this marketplace of ideas, those who are reaching, teaching with the gospel, they're going to see the fruit that is naturally afforded through a relationship with Christ. So, well, it's I, very interesting. So, so I do know your background. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a, as a former pastor, yeah. or recovering pastor. Yeah, I, I don't know how, like how that. you refer yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes what you just shared is a hard concept for some pa pastors yeah. to get. The, the question I have, and, and I, I think it, the quote's by Spurgeon, I'm going to mutilate it here, but he basically, um, someone asked him, what do we need to do to protect the gospel? And his response, I think it was a woman, it was, Madam, the gospel is a lion. Yeah. We just have to let the lion loose. That's right. And so the, the question I would ask, especially any pastor listening, do you believe, going back to your idea mm -hmm. of, uh, of the marketplace of ideas, do you believe that on a loving, level playing field that the gospel will take care of itself? Yes. I, I personally think <laughs> I, there's nothing I can do to defend the gospel on its own, but it doesn't need any defense That's right. by me. I just need to present what's in it and let the gospel take care of itself. Absolutely, you bring up another very interesting point as we talk about the marketplace of ideas, a level playing field must be afforded. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what, I think that's one of the beauties of America is that in this marketplace of ideas and this free exchange, which by the way, creates friction, and we were pretty good with that yeah. for about 230 years, then all of a sudden we have to create safe spaces around this sort of thing, and I'm trying not to talk about snowflakes or you know college campuses, but that's beside the point. Uh, South Carolina and school ministries, along with Palmetto Family and some others that you, mm -hmm. you know about, um, afforded school ministries and release time the ability to play on, on a level playing field, uh, equal access. Tell us a little bit more about what happened there. So um, I think you're referring to in 2006. Mm -hmm. um, we, we have been very strong over the years with elementary and middle school students. But unlike how it started, we really had no participation right. in release time at the high school level. So the, the, question, the question was raised was, what could be done to allow this for high school students? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we brought uh, the question to you guys right. and to uh, the Southern Baptist Convention awesome. and, and said, hey, what do you guys think? And then a, a senator by the name of Chip Campson, yeah. uh, who I'd known for years. A champion from Charleston. Yeah. Um, awesome legislator, awesome mm -hmm. man. Yeah. Um, but he crafted a bill based purely on secular standards to evaluate release time so that schools could offer direct credit mm -hmm. for that program. 
And so, uh, again, has to be at the high school level taught by a certified teacher, which is not true for elementary and middle. Right. Uh, because only high school has credit. Of course. And so, um, and, you know, the number of teaching hours has to be comparable mm -hmm. to what they would get in another class. Which makes total sense. And so th there's a number of secular standards, but, and then of course you have to meet the basic release time laws mm -hmm. off campus, no governmental funding, mm -hmm. parental permission. But, but that, South Carolina, this is really cool, we always think about us being last, Yeah, was actually the first state in the United the States front. to actually pass this law. Yeah, And so, um, of course, we knew we'd get challenged. They they mm -hmm. went for an independent program, who's now, now part of school ministries, um, and and there was the Moss v. Spartanburg case where okay. they where they said, okay, is this really you know constitutional mm -hmm. and everything? Went up through the federal courts, and instead of a very short opinion, the federal courts wrote a twenty-four page. Wow. On uh, roughly, it may have the exact page number wow. off, but but a long response. Yeah citing the massive amount of release time laws that are on the book and, and every time that it's been upheld and said, no, this is totally appropriate for schools to do this. Um, you know, it's similar, we might have off-site job training mm -hmm. courses at the high school level that kids get right. credit for, AP. It, it's the same basic idea that, that an outside group, again, as long as we're meeting certain mm -hmm. secular standards, right. Um, that these classes are academic in nature and should be, as well as a religious in nature, should be allowed to receive credit for these classes. So it, it in effect replaces an elective that they would take That's in, right. inside of the catalog of, of course curricula that they can look at. Right, so so any, uh, any parent of high school students know about elective classes mm -hmm. outside of the core classes, mm -hmm. and so this would be an elective uh, class that the high school student could take. That's, that's awesome. I, that's really cool. Uh, for those of our watchers, listeners that may be in a different state, like those Yankees in North Carolina, or uh, no offense, <laughs> uh, or you know those people out west, way out west, like Georgia, um, how would they learn about the laws particular to their state? Is there somewhere where a centralized location where they can go to learn about those laws? Yeah, well, um, there is there is a special website that we have that's more of a secular okay. um, website called release with a D release time .org, .org, and that has the state by state laws that you can find out what's going on in your state. Um, I, I'll also share that Alliance Defending Freedom uh, announced uh, just in the last month a partnership with us to actually see states that have no release time That's laws awesome. on the book to actually get those passed in your state. So if you live in a, a state that doesn't have release time laws, um, and you can see a map at the releasetime.org site, uh, and you have any contact with legislators or with Alliance Defending Freedom, you know, reach out to us or to th them and we, we are highly committed to try to see a number of states. Uh, we're now up to six states that have release time credit laws. And um, probably about half the states have the basic release time law for elementary and middle school. So we got work to do on both ends, right. um, but it, it's just amazing um, the response. And the one thing that, um, as someone who's worked for so long in public policy, um, as I'm sure all of your listeners will know, the, the parties haven't been talking to each other a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been funny that the release time laws, because um, conservatives see it as right. a religious liberty issue, right. 
and uh, the liberals or progressives might see it as a pro-public education bill. Or even civil rights. Or civil rights bill. Yeah. Both of them have actually uh, voted for release time laws. So for instance, in Alabama, I think we had 90% um, of the House and 100% of the Senate, both parties wow. voting for it. That's incredible. Tennessee's had multiple bills that have passed with 100% of the combined vote. And so it's just amazing what God you know, has done in that there is this kind of bipartisan support for release time. That's awesome. I, I encourage people to go back and look at some things like uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which- yep. uh, RIFRA. RIFRA, who was the president that passed that? It was Bill Clinton. Yeah. Uh, and then when, of course, what the Supreme Court does, does what they do in the, the mid 90s, it's gone to the state level. One of the first states to do it was Illinois, where then state Senator Barack Obama voted yeah. for it. So to say, of a party system, two party system, or, or just to say those on the right and those on the left. These are issues that they can coalesce around and, and get involved in no matter their point of view. So for the hardcore staunch atheist, I think that the point of view there is that in the marketplace of ideas, we have the opportunity to allow people the freedom and the uh, opportunity to exercise those freedoms. So we've talked at the 10,000 foot level. Okay, this is what's happening in a state. This is kind of the history of uh, school ministries and release time. Let's talk a little bit about implementation. Boots on the ground, if you will. How, how does a release time or how does school ministries go into uh, a school and get this done? Is this something that has to happen at the school board level? So the school board is the, the biggest um, either help or hurt um, right. in this process, depending right. on what your local school board is. Um, there is here in South Carolina, there is both, um, <clears throat> both the basic release time law and the high school credit. So really any, any public school in South Carolina mm -hmm. has the legal right to do this. And so, and actually what, and something we'd love for you guys down the road to get involved with, there's actually a law on the books on religious uh, liberty mm -hmm. saying that teachers and administrators should be taught and there's a whole list of things <laughs> right. on that. And, I love that. And one of the things on that list is release time. Yeah. Um, but I have yet to meet a teacher or administrator who's ever been through that training. Sure. So we'd, we'd love to see that happen at some point. But, but really, if the, the school board can really make it happen mm -hmm. by just having a policy that, that says what the lay of the land is, mm -hmm. what, what are the rules for operating? And, and then looking at things like if it's going to be, um, a, a lot of times some of our programs have bought property either next to you or across the street right. from the school, then it's just literally walking the kids there, but sometimes, especially in more rural communities, the church is a little farther away mm -hmm. that they're going to. Um, and churches are wonderful for letting us come and use their facilities. Absolutely. And so we sometimes have buses um, that we're transporting the kids to the program. And so, um, so transportation, there's a whole a list of things that schools look at, and, and we're, we're here to help, you know, if the school principals or 
board members have any questions, yeah. you know, they can call us mm -hmm. in Columbia. One of the one of the big things we saw here in South Carolina, in large part due to what many of you who are watching right now were a part of, was we saw several of our school boards completely transformed. The makeup of those school boards from uh, from Charleston to Berkeley to Sumter to, to Richland County and across the state, you know, I could name all 46, I think, at this point. Uh, we saw major changes at the school board level. Sure. If you've got influence with a school board member or the board as a whole, uh, release time, you need to get involved with school ministries and find out how you can bring release time to your uh, your area, whether it's your county, whether it's your specific school school or school district. You need to get you need to find out more information about this. Let's talk about another aspect. You brought this up, churches with the cultural and we've kind of deemed it the cultural sexual religion. It's this it's this idea that that sexuality. And, and, and it makes its way to everything, that it is now a general theme, and it's a religion. It, I mean, it's, it's got its own deity, it's got its own worship, all of this, and it's being brought into everything, even elementary schools, and, and it's absurd. If you haven't picked up our magazine, grab one of these, and I'll tell you how you can get one at the end of this podcast. How important is it, and exactly what role can churches play in bringing the gospel, bringing release time to these schools where, in some cases, the cultural sexual religion is being directly injected into school situations. How can churches speak specifically into that environment through something like release time? Well, again, I, you know, I think, um, I think the, the, the biggest thing that, that, that churches can do is understand that there's three tiers of students in terms of their their faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. There are the, the church kids. They're, they're right. probably already there, or right. at least we hope most of them are there. There are the kids that I would say are friends of the church kids. Mm -hmm. So those are the ones when you do like public events, they yep. show up and they, they said, and, and some of those will be lost that will come to a mm -hmm. saving relationship. So I'm glad when churches reach out to them. But I think what most pastors and most churches miss is the fact that there is a big body of that 50 million nationwide number of kids that, that have no contact whatsoever right. with, with the church. At um, all. One of the things I, I think about, this is a few years ago, and I think I, I shared the story with you, that we, we had a girl who was uh, her first day in a release time class and the teacher was starting to talk about who Jesus was. Yeah. And she got the name Jesus out. And the little girl said, ooh, you said a bad word. Yeah. Because the only way she had ever heard mm. the name of Jesus was as a curse word. Yeah. And I'll just say, this was in the South. It wasn't up in Yankee Land right, right. or whatever. And so, so I think what, what we have to do is, is somewhat, and I think this is what school, school ministry programs mm -hmm. do, is we have to go after those kids that will never hear the gospel without it. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times those kids are also the ones that are dependent on, on public transportation, yeah. the, the school buses to get home. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're not gonna be the ones that can ever go to an after school program or before school program right. or whatever. And so this may be the only chance those kids ever get to hearing the gospel. and. You know, I, I one time heard um, a community leader say, well, you know, if parents want their kids to get them, they should go to private school. Mm. 
And of course, my response to that was, I just don't think your religious rights should only be available if you can afford it. Right. You know, yeah. I, I think religious liberty should be out there for anybody. Absolutely. And so that's what school ministry programs do, allow any parent and child who wants to know about Jesus, given mm -hmm. that opportunity for that to happen. And it's just the most amazing life change we see in these mm -hmm. kids. It's just amazing. They're so hungry for it. And again, you know, um, there's the verse about, uh, you know, if, if a demon's removed mm -hmm. and there's nothing put in there, then more come back and the person's in the worst state. Well, yeah. the idea behind that is it's not enough just to say, hey, don't do these things. Mm -hmm but we've got to put something back in the kids' lives. And I, I think that's what we do. Absolutely. So as, as we, we start to wrap this up, and thank you for joining us on the, the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. As we focus on what, what it means, and, and we've heard this, we, you've probably said it, and uh, I've said it, no doubt, children are our future. And, and as we look at shaping the future, not just of South Carolina, not just America, but the future of ultimately our Christian faith, what can the people watching or listening do? How can they get involved with what school ministries is doing to affect not just the here and now the present, but the future of children in America, in South Carolina, and in XYZ County in South Carolina? Well, Mitch, with you working over the years in public policy, um, you know that a lot of public policy tries to restrain certain mm -hmm. behavior. Right. The only thing better than that is for people to not want to do the negative or evil behavior right. in the first place. Yes. So that's what we're, we're really about. You know, laws are made for the lawless mm -hmm. and, and not for the right. lawful. And so we're trying to make a difference in these kids' lives and you know, the, the way we do that is literally setting up these school ministry programs. You know, we'd like to see one in every county. Absolutely. You know, um, you know for instance, here in South Carolina, we have, there's very little in the low country. Hmm. We would love to see programs get started yeah. in the low country. Um, we think there's a lot of opportunity there and a lot of great schools that we could be working with. But it's it's a matter of, of you know, First of all, getting educated on mm -hmm. yourself, you know, on the schoolministries.org website, you can order a thing called a first steps kit, okay. which, which basically takes you through a blueprint of how to get a program started. Okay. Um, they can call our office. Um, there's a, a wonderful uh, woman by the name of Elaine Mathis, okay. and all she does is work with churches and community leaders to get programs started. And Very so, good. So those are two ways that they can get involved. But, um, and again, you know, if you've got a school official or something, you know, pointing them at the secularreleasetime.org site so they can learn laws and learn how release time works, I think it's an awesome opportunity. Awesome. So schoolministries.org, released with a D, time.org, two valuable inform information tools to help you get started in the low country. So here's looking at you, Berkeley and Charleston and Jasper and Beaufort counties. We've got to get release time and school ministries in 
the low country of South Carolina. Ken, pleasure to have you on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. If you want to get one of these magazines, the hot off-the-press magazine, the Palmetto Family Matters magazine, go to our website at palmettofamily.org. There's a little box. You can sign up for one of these. If you get our emails, we sent one out the other day about that. Speaking of emails, if you got our most recent email, we are so excited to bring the National Conservative Forum here to South Carolina in March of 2023. So stay tuned for more details about how we are going to be bringing some of the influencers and stakeholders of national policy. Uh, there's this little thing called a presidential election coming up I've in just a that. couple of uh, weeks, actually, because yeah. uh, time seems to be flying. 2024 is right around the corner, and campaigns are in full gear. Whether they've announced or not, they're in full gear. And we know this. The state newspaper has told us that the road to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue winds and meanders through the great state of South Carolina. So stay tuned for more details about the National Conservative Forum coming to the Palmetto State, Charleston specifically, in March of this coming year. So we're, we're excited about all that. Grab one of these magazines. Let us know if you want one. And as always, keep listening to this awesome podcast. Give us a five-star review. Uh, share it with your friends. Subscribe. Do all that stuff that Justin and Dave always tell you about. Thank you for joining us today on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. God bless you. And we'll see you again on another episode soon.